Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Blaine Birch. He's the CEO and co-founder at Dry Run. Blaine, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I'm uh, happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you back on the show. You, you've kind of done radio before. You've done TV, you know, and, and now I'm having you back on the radio show because you guys rolled out kind of a big update to Dry Run. And I'm always kind of fascinated to have people like yourself on the show kind of again to kind of cover what they've learned and changed and kind of where they've taken their products, right? But maybe before we kind of get into exactly what Dry Run In is and kind of the updates, for, for those that never heard the first episode, maybe let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Uh, well, I grew up in uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, born and bred there, um, uh, started my business there as well, um, and uh, was a student at the University of Alberta for both uh, a bachelor's and master's degrees in design. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm one of the co-founders that's actually like design-related co-founder or design uh, um, uh, expertise co-founder, which is sometimes a little bit rare, I suppose, Very in, much uh, in so. software. Yeah. Yeah, like... And, and we can kind of cover some of those maybe a bit later, just kind of the, some of the, maybe the, the challenges of being a designer founding a company. But so walk me through kind of what exactly is Dry Run and why did you decide to found it? Yeah. Well, um, first of all, Dry Run, it's, uh, it's a financial forecasting tool for small business. Uh, it's cloud-based. And uh, the, it's, it, the one kind of unique thing, I guess, about Dry Run is it's not just about uh, forecasting your cash flow, which is a big part of Dry Run, but it's also uh, the way we built Dry Run makes it easy to forecast uh, other financial uh, metrics, in particular, your, your sales forecasts, uh, kind of setting an on, ongoing um, budget forecast. And, um, you know, some of our customers are even doing um, um, uh, profit forecasts and things like this. So it's, it's, it's really simple to use, but it's also very powerful. And, and what we try and do is, is help uh, business owners have, kind of get a complete picture of where they're going. So it's, it's not retrospective. It's not records. It's not what's happened in the past. It's what's happening this month, this quarter, this year, um, setting some of those goals, watching that cash flow and having that um, sort of bird's eye view of all of the really important stuff that's happening in, in the finances in your business. And from a business owner perspective, so that it's uh, they can see what's going on, it's very operational. Um, one of the things that makes Dry Run really unique amongst you know its sort of peers is that it's uh, scenario based. So um, that means that you can do sort of you know what if scenarios, you know uh, do growth planning. What if we want to expand? Uh, what if we don't get paid this invoice on time? What happens? Um, but because we also have those that that sort of scenario based power built in. That's what allows users to kind of look at their near-term cash flow right alongside kind of a sales pipeline that, that stretches out a little bit further um, and uh, get get a more comprehensive picture of what's going on. No, that that's very cool. And I, I think like to your background, you were a business owner before you started Dry Run and you've taken kind of other business owners that are using the platform and kind of really added a bunch of new stuff to Dry Run to, that, you know, you took users' feedback kind of your background, made some changes to Dry Run recently, and you pushed out a big update. So for people that knew the product before, what's the same and what's what did you roll out for them that, you know, you're excited that they're, they get to play with and, you know, the new features that they get? Yeah, this big rollout we just had was um, it was really for a, a big customer segment that um, is, is incredibly important to us. Um, but we didn't really have it set up really well for them. And, and, and the feedback from that segment was, was just instrumental in helping us sort of move driver and forward. And, and that's, um, uh, accountants, um, and also, you know, other financial pros. So when we first started dry run, um, you know, and a real big sort of basis for our customers, um, our business owners and, and their, um, we, we kind of had that very sort of narrow view, I think, which was actually, uh, you know, a side note that was probably a little bit of an incorrect view is we, we focused too much on the business owner and, and didn't spend enough time talking with finance pros. What we found over um, the last year as we, as we relaunched Dry Run after a bit of a pivot, um, 
that accountants and finance pros were, you know, just incredibly interested in dry run and, and really supportive, um, gave a lot of feedback. But one of the things we found was that we, we hadn't really set it up to reduce their friction when they're working with their customers. So just a, a little bit of an overview. Dry run works really well, not only just for um, a single sort of a business owner to use it, but it works really well as a collaborative tool. So, um, you know, our customers, like a lot of times will have, you know, you know, two business partners that are using Dry Run. They'll also have their accountant that's um, um, involved and, and may pop in periodically to take a look at how things are going. Um, and, and sometimes other management people within the company will get sort of snippets. They'll get to look at just little parts of, of the overall forecast. Um, so it's really, it can be, it can keep a lot of people informed. Um, but the, the big thing for us is fi- figuring out that a lot of times our, our customers actually are even in-house accountants and and sometimes um, accountants that are that are serving a lot of uh, clients they serve them in different ways so some clients will have um, uh, are very you know kind of self-reliant and, and the accountant just is like hey just use this tool all the way up to the point where the accountant is building out all the forecasts is in touch all the time is helping them manage that cash flow and 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 um, helping them even figure out like how that sales pipeline is going to look if you know once that data comes to them so it's 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 um a very collaborative product but what we realized is that uh, the accountants we hadn't we had a lot of friction in how they use dry run um with their with their customers they we they wanted a better way to look at all their clients organize them better um keep track of all these different customers all these multiple forecasts in a nice clean simple way and even even easier ways to just pay for their their clients all on one shot and and um, uh, some of that sort of side uh, as well. So it there was a couple points of friction that were really fairly big from that side, and it's it's not um, uh, you know if, if you've used dry run before and you're, you're a business owner, you probably won't notice that much. You'll see like definitely some more power and some more capability. But for our accountant, uh, um, our accountants is very very powerful. Uh, we also added some capability for um, those sort of pro finance people to um, connect to multiple integrations all at once. So a base account, you can kind of connect to a single zero account or a single QuickBooks online, a single pipe drive account, and you can always disconnect and connect to a different one. But there's a lot of friction there. And so with our with our new uh, plan level, it's this more advanced collaboration level Um Accountants can just connect to, you know, all of their clients, all the different accounts, you know, a bunch of zero accounts, some QuickBooks online and just connect to everything and, and just keep their entire business and all of their clients connected and online and see what's going on and refresh that data. Um, so from the accountant's point of view, that they, they, I think, are going to be, you know, they're really excited about what we've added because it just uh, it just reduces their friction, makes their life super easy. Um, so it's, it's not some of those... Um, you know, you'd call it like the real sexy additions to dry run, but for those uh, for those uh, finance pros, uh, it is really a, a terrific addition for them. Sure, but but I think that's also just really good advice in itself, right? Like you took actual user feedback to to maybe not necessarily build the next like point five of a of the product, or maybe it, you did call it like a, a significant kind of update. But I love the fact that you took actual users' feedback and kind of built some things for for them right so they could like you said to kind of like so there's no friction right for for their side and i think like a lot of people kind of sometimes chase clients tails or they don't really get you know they just kind of like they get every kind of request and they just try to implement as much as possible but like i love how you guys just said like this is a real problem we've heard this from a bunch of people and you decided to say like you know what we really need to implement that right and i i think that's the smart way to actually build kind of saas products and you also have your clients feel like they're actually part of the development and they're i think a lot of times they're more loyal to you because they feel like you're building the product for them, even though you're not like you are, but you aren't at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's, um, the, the biggest change to, to our business from when we, when we first started dry run, our first sort of MVP version, uh, to what we have now and, and where we're headed, our roadmap is it's, it's so incredibly informed by our users and by our customers now. And, um, you know, one of the most valuable tools we have, like we use intercom to, right. to contact our customers for them to contact us within the app, to get help from us, um, to do all sorts of automated messaging. 
but what that's done is is um, open up the doors to so much, um, so many conversations with our customers and with our users, and so many questions coming in, and um, that's just absolute gold. Because you're right, it's it'd be too easy to just every time someone requests something, just kind of go and, and chase off trying to do it. But when you have enough feedback and enough contact with your customers, that's where you start to see uh, trends. That's where. Um, you know, it's it's funny, and, and when you're when you're working on a product because you know the product so well, and you're listening to your customers or talking with them all the time, sometimes a suggestion will come in, and it's just like, oh man, that like the first time you hear it, <laughs> like that is just a great suggestion, and sometimes it can be a really simple thing. We're just like, yeah, we're doing that. That is just overlooked, but it's a it's a brilliant suggestion that everyone will benefit from, even though they haven't asked for it. And then other times you'll get a suggestion, and you're just kind of like, ah, well, that's kind of interesting. Let's let's file that away, and we always do. Like we we add it into like we use Basecamp for um, a lot of these discussions. We add it in so we can we can um, kind of keep track. And sometimes over you know a few months, you start seeing the same sort of request over and over again. And that's where you 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 uh, it leads you to some of these features that you hadn't really thought of necessarily, or or you didn't know the importance. But those customers um, uh, sort of guide you there because when you hear it enough over and over again, suddenly it becomes a priority. And then everything in between, of course. So I, for a SaaS product like this, I, I can't recommend more um, how important it is to just have that constant contact with your customers. And um, just a, a couple of little tiny tips, like we found using Intercom, one of the biggest things is just respond super fast. Sure. And that's how you get conversations going. They're, you know, our, our customers are busy. They're, they're business owners. They're accountants. They're doing all these they're just swamped all the time. So we try and get to their questions um, absolutely as fast as humanly possible because that's really promotes those conversations. And a lot of times I'm like, wow, someone's actually answering questions. Oh, yeah, we're right here. What can I, what can I do for you? It, it makes a big difference. You learn so much. And, um, and the, the other thing that's been really, uh, um, you know, when you, when you build a product like this and you kind of put it out in the wild and it's, it's a little bit, it's unnerving because you're like, man, I hope we, hope we hit this right. I hope we, you know, have it right. And, um, the customer feedback, it, it's just, it seems to, you know, as we just keep developing and we're responding to them and we're finding the product and we're understanding the product more, understanding their needs more, um, the, the, the feedback becomes much more positive. Like not that it was ever negative, but man, we just get some really great feedback and some great suggestions, but you can tell people are really love the product and that, that really buoys you up. Like it makes you want to, you know, like, really push to help them because you're getting this great feedback. And so it's, it's not just like that roadmap, but also it's, um, it, it, it serves your customer, but also kind of energizes the team a little bit to have this, this positive feedback, you know, coming back as well. Sure. No, I, I think that's really good advice. And you touched on a few things that I kind of want to mention. I think again, um, I love how you're using something like intercom because you could technically build, you know, something into your, your platform, but it, to do kind of messaging and that kind of thing, but it just takes away from what you're trying to build, right? So it's nice that yeah. you guys are using other tools to to just kind of handle certain parts of the business that generate, say, feedback or put in features, but don't actually, you know, have anything to really do with the product other than just reach out to your customers. The other thing I think you touched on that was really important that I learned too is customer service like just having somebody that they can actually talk to that's not this like automated thing or just online help documentation like you should still have that but like I think a lot of people will pay even more money sometimes for your product if you have somebody that like picks up the phone or like emails them back within a reasonable amount of time right and I think a lot of startups especially early on maybe forget about those things. And, and I love how you kind of touched on that. And I think that's super important. It, yeah, it absolutely is. Like responding, I always tell the team, responding quick is, and, and you know, responding quick and being like just really uh, gracious and, and glad that, you know, somebody's trying the product, even if they have a complaint, you know, it's, it's um, uh, the, those sorts of things are so valuable too because if they have a complaint, you learn from it. If, they, if they've identified a bug, you learn from it, but sure. if you respond really quick, they respond really well back. Even if you have a bug, they're like, wow, this is terrific. You're, you're taking care of me. Um, it's, it's, uh, but yeah, going back to your first point, that's something that we're, we're always really cautious of as well as 
staying in our staying in our lane. Like, what is our what does Dry Run do, and and what do we build into the app? What do we do internally that is really core to what we offer? And if it's not core to what we offer, and we can use an outside service, we're not custom building it. So, um, so we use we use like a um, inline manual to to do a walkthrough for when people are first signing up. We use uh, Intercom to contact our customers. We use, you know, Basecamp to manage. It's a little bit separate, but of course to manage our our, our team and all, all of our efforts there, and, and keep everything on track. And th- there's um, uh, there's quite a few different tools we use, all the way from marketing, all the way through to um, uh, development and you want to, you know, focus on what you do best and not try and build out these other parts. If, if somebody else is, is doing a great job of that, you know, take advantage of that. Don't, don't try and stretch yourself too thin because just your core product is going to be difficult enough. It's going to be hard enough to build. Sure. So I'm curious, do you, at, at what point do you decide, okay, like you've gotten this request a few times. Is it after you've gotten that request five times, 50 times, like, at what point do you decide kind of, well, we should maybe look at implementing this in, into the product, or does it really depend on how complicated it can technically be to implement, or is it a bit of both? It's it's a real combination. Like we, we look at, um, but part of it is when you're analyzing what they're asking for, sometimes it's just, you know, sometimes people ask for something, um, and you even hear it quite often, but it's um, um, not really... It's just not part of dry run. It doesn't even necessarily make sense. So sometimes people ask for things and yeah, they're just kind of asking. But, you know, when you reply to them and say, yeah, and that's like like some of the reporting um, uh, requests that we have from dry run, um, they, they, it would mimic the, the accounting tools. Uh, okay. But dry run doesn't look backwards. It looks forward. Right. So run some of your... Um, um, you know, profit and loss statement. Well, that actually doesn't make sense to come from dry run because dry run is look, looking forward, totally speculative. So it doesn't make sense. So sometimes we'll get requests for things, but it just, it's, it just doesn't really make sense. And I, I don't think maybe some of, some of the trial users or whatever have kind of wrapped their head around, okay, what do we do? Which again, like that, that falls on us to make sure that we're doing a good job of explaining that. Um, but you know, we just, when you, when you understand what they're, what they're facing, what their questions are, you know, almost every time when I, when I write back and say, well, no, this is why we don't do that. You, you get a, oh, totally makes sense. Awesome, right? Um, and then, like, like I said, sometimes you'll just hear something and say, like, that's a brilliant idea. We're doing it. Um, and other times you just, it's, you know, it, it's, 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 it feels a little bit sometimes like reading the tea leaves, but you just, you have to take a look at, you know, how, how often are these requests coming in? But like you said, it's also, what is the technical challenge? Sometimes it can be, um, a very reasonable request, but you're looking at uh, when you start lay, laying it into the your roadmap and your prior, you know, your top priorities of what you need to do. Sometimes there's some really great features that um, they've been asked for a number of times, but they're not mission critical. It's not the difference between someone buying and not buying Dry Run or, or really having a great experience with Dry Run. It would help, but it could be a lot of work to implement. And so that is definitely part of it, where it's you might look at something that's like, man, that's brilliant, and it's like a half a day, and it's in. And other times, it's like, yeah, man, that could be a couple of weeks, and it's not. And they, they would almost have the same presence, right? right. Um, so, it's that that um, um, the 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 weight we would carry on our shoulders or the in in development is definitely part of the equation. So, it's there are no hard and set rules. You you that's why more feedback is better, as much feedback as you can get, because you have to you have to balance all of these things out. Like how much is it going to cost us? How difficult is it to implement? How many people are asking? How often are they asking for it? But also what's the overall impact for those users? Cause you know, sometimes we get a lot of quest requests for a, a very, what seemingly is a small thing, but it's actually a big technical challenge. It's just, yeah, great idea, man. That's, that's like uh, um, you know, much later in the year, maybe we'll tackle that because it's just, it's, it's too much for the, for the limited amount of payoff you would get. So no, that that makes a lot of sense, and I'm always just kind of curious to know how people do that because it's it can be tricky to decide what features to implement, and you know, like there's a whole bunch of variables that could change that. The the one thing I'm curious about as well, just kind of on the customer service side of things, do you have dedicated people for customer service, or do you guys kind of share the responsibility, and is everybody expected to kind of answer 
you know, questions. Yeah, it's, it's a shared responsibility. Okay. Um, and uh, because we, we don't have we don't have somebody dedicated at some point we will like I, I believe when we have, you know, kind of an, enough questions, we'll have to um, have to have somebody we have a fairly comprehensive help site, which I think actually helps, um, you know, mitigate and, and a lot of our automated messaging through Intercom and that also helps mitigate like all these questions coming in. So it's not overwhelming by any means right now. Um, but we do have um, everybody sort of on board to, to answer questions. And, and partly it's a little bit of what the questions are. Like sometimes if there is something that um, uh, could potentially be a, t- a technical issue, I'll actually flag it to my, my co-founder, who's a, the, a technical co-founder and our um, uh, technical director. And so he'll sort of take that over and he'll take those conversations over. And, and um, uh, you know, and other times it's more on like a sales side or, uh, you know, a business logic side. We get a lot of questions that don't actually have a lot to do with dry run in a way. It's it's uh, people actually struggling with how do they do this in their business? How do they get the ball rolling? And, and you know, we're more than happy to talk with them about that. And a lot of times that falls a bit on my shoulders just because of my my business background and, and, um, so I, and talking with customers all the time. So I can usually identify some good, you know, sort of structure processes they could put into place. So it, it would be, it would be hard, I think, to have just like a a customer support person that, you know, would do in some cases much more than sort of triage, like who has to talk with this person because of the question they're asking. No, I, I think that's really good advice. And I, I know like I saw, I think it's Mike, the CEO of FreshBooks, talk a number of years ago. And he said every one of their employees does um, customer support at some point. Like he even takes a day a month, I think, and does customer support. And, you know, at first I kind of thought, well, that seems ridiculous. Like why wouldn't you just like have a team? But but if you have people that are actually working on the product, actually doing customer support, and they're kind of in front of the customer, they can kind of sometimes just see things through that customer's eyes. And I think in some cases, the more t- more interaction that the entire team has with customers, even if it's not on a daily basis, can really help and grow your product and, and you know make it kind of better just by doing something as simple as just taking feeling some like emails sometimes or or like using the chat on the or answering the messages that come through the little chat thing on your on your website yeah no it's it's um you need that core team really understanding where where you're headed because you know like you look from our 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 marketing side and our sales side um they learn so much when they're when they're when they're actually fielding those questions and talking with people and because we need them to understand what the challenges are, like what are what what are our customers facing, so that they're because our sales, we're not going to sell somebody something they don't need. Like our our sales are all based on um, can we help you with with what you're doing, and and the better we understand the 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 issue they're facing, the challenge they're facing, the better we you know will understand uh, you know how to approach them and say, hey, I think we might be a really great help, and here's how, here's how I think we can help you. And, and then there's also sometimes where it's like, you know what? Um, no, we're not a good fit because it's you're you're looking for something different. But you know, you understand that, and uh, we don't want to waste waste their time. We you know we want to be helpful in that sense too. So it's really important to have everybody, I think, talking with customers, and especially when it's in their their area of expertise. And so that's a really hard thing to just sort of generically outsource. Like uh, like I mentioned that that a lot of the technical things, or if there's a, a some weird little bug that crept up. Uh, you know, that, that's, that goes to my, my co-founder and, and, um, uh, but there's always more than one person involved when it's, um, you know, a big question or, or a little issue or, or some feedback. We, we always want to talk about that and sort of say like, Hey, this is what this person asked. Like, Hey, maybe we should make a help post up, or maybe we should, you know, is there, is there a way to, to sort of make something actionable, um, sometimes on that feedback? So, um, you know, and that's like, I guess we have just to, to step back a little bit, like my, my co-founder who's the, um, um, the technical side is, um, it's, it's so critical. Like when we're talking about new, uh, new features and new, you know, I, like I never go, go to him and say, Hey, you know, put this in. Like, it's always a conversation. It's always like, Hey, here's the feedback we're getting from our customers. And how, uh, what do you think? Like how, how tough is this to implement? How, how does it make sense? How should we prioritize this? And, and all the way down to how do we implement it? So it's got the best UI and like we, we want everybody kind of in that conversation and, and making sure that we're, um, 
uh, we have that feedback. We have different feedback from different sides so that it's not just sort of blindly, you know, rushing into the wilderness. You're kind of like got everybody on the same page and, and, and um, a little bit of pre-planning and, and really understanding the problems. Um, it, it saves you a lot of time, saves you a lot of money. It's a much better um, benefit to the customer if you really plan it out well. Sure. And I also think it's interesting when other people can hear that are on the team, kind of hear how the customer describes either certain things about the product or the terminology they use. And sometimes you're like, you know what? I keep hearing like this word called for like this action. Maybe we should change that action to actually be called that, right? Or at least it opens the discussion to that, right? And I found that useful for me even. Yeah, exactly. If you're listening to your customers, they will tell you um, there's just so much gold in there from from the like I mentioned the product roadmap, but also sure. from from our side right now, like uh, such a big challenge is the marketing and sales side. Like that's a real challenge to get, you know, cut through the the um, the the thick. You know, the, the internet is just so chock full of everything. Like, how do you actually get through to your customers? It's just you know they've got billions of choices. How do sure. we get through to them with our message? Sure. Um, that is just, it's so challenging. It's so much more challenging than I ever thought. It's its a little bit of the idea that, well, if you're just out there, they'll find you is, is uh, no, it just doesn't happen. A lot sure. of times people don't even know they're looking for you. And, you know, with with uh, as much effort we put into content marketing and SEO and everything, it, it still boggles my mind at times when I, I, I'll i be on a, a call with somebody and they're just like, man, I've been looking for something like you for six months. And I'm like, oh, how can we not? How come we're not being found? Right? Sure. Um, it seems like we should be being found. You know, if I do tests, it seems like it works. Um, but it's it's just there's so much um, noise out there that it's it's really hard to get through to people. So that's another side of it is is trying to understand like the the more focused we can become on our customer segments and the more we can understand um, a narrower and narrower and narrower perfect customer profile, it makes it easier for us to. Um, do outbound uh, um, sales, you know, objective or like meet those objectives. And, and it also helps us with that inbound and content marketing and, and SEO and all those things to try and make sure we're found by these perfect customers. Um, sure. Even though like we've got this wide range, like I, I would say like our perfect customers probably like maybe 50% of our customer base and the rest is just this hodgepodge of, of people with all these different challenges. But we can't market to such a wide range of, of needs and, and um, locations and, and everything. So we, we have to try and figure out who are those perfect segments because it's so much easier to get to a narrow segment. And um, uh, again, a lot of that is based on, on customer feedback and, and looking at your data and, and um, you know, asking questions and, you know, how did you find us and figuring out who these people are so that we get a better idea of who that perfect customer is for us. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. And if you can kind of take what you've learned from the customers that maybe took six months to find you and you say like, you know, I kept Googling whatever the word is or a combination of words and you're like, maybe we should work that into some of our sales and marketing and or or like our outbound bound kind of sales. And and so I, I'm kind of curious because last time we talked, you were you were kind of in in the whole kind of space of, you know, obviously doing some more sales, doing some more marketing. What have you guys kind of been been trying more and more of recently that you found has worked and hasn't worked? Uh, there, there's, there's a couple things. First, on our um, inbound side, um, we, you know, we had some successes with some of our content marketing. Okay. But we had a lot of stuff that wasn't working and, and wasn't working at all. And, and it's, it's interesting looking at that content marketing is it feels very much like it's either a winner or a loser. There's nothing in between. Okay. You either get like almost nothing or you get a lot of traffic from something. And, um, and what we, what we kind of realized, and I think part of this came from, uh, I, I think I was reading some article or a blog post or something at some point. I can't even remember, you know, I read these all the time. I can't remember who it was, but sure. whatever the article is about, it kind of made a light bulb go on in, in my mind of realizing that, we were trying to do too many things with our content. So, you know, we're writing an article and it would be like, okay, well, it kind of is SEO, but we also want it buzzworthy. We want people to share it on social and we want, you know, what we want doesn't really matter because 
that's not how people really behave. And so sure. what we what we kind of came to the conclusion is that um, for our inbound, um, you know, SEO sort of base, uh, which which actually is, is brings a lot of people to us. It is really an important part of our marketing. Um, we need to go even more focused on on our, our keyword research, trying to understand our customers, and, and writing articles that are that are you know keyword rich, but also really interesting articles. We, it has to be both. But we were very much saying, okay, th- these may not you know may not attract as as much attention on social or or anything, but they're going to work a lot better for for inbound because they're focused. They're, they have one goal in mind for people to help help people find us. When they're when they're searching for something to solve a problem, and then on the other side, um, we're looking at more on on uh, the the things that may get shared on on social, and um, uh, you know people will find us in other ways is much more sort of buzzworthy and much more um, interesting, much more story based. So instead of trying to do all things with you know right down the middle, it's it's much more hey this this stuff is is inbound. People are searching for us. We have to help them find us. And on the other side, let's try and draw some attention and let's do something really interesting, really story driven um, to to try and get people taking notice and, and um, um, learning about us and, and sharing um, sharing the stories. So that's something that we're we've just sort of been implementing over the last you know month or so. It's you know time will tell. I, I, I think it's a much better approach because what we were doing wasn't working very well, and and um, I think it's more of a Focusing exactly on what what something's supposed to do for you, what you know how it's supposed to perform, but also really in a way upping the the quality of it, like taking it much further in, in whatever direction it needs to go. So that I think we'll we'll, we'll see. Uh, that, you know that takes you know we are seeing a bump already, but it, I think it'll take months to really see like okay how much of a bump, how much impact is that kind of having? No, I, that makes a lot of sense. And the thing that I find interesting about it is a lot of it's just trial and error and it sounds stupid to say but like you try something you're like oh well this isn't working or this is working so we need to either like stop doing that or or keep doing it right the other thing I think and I'm curious to know your thoughts on is like when I've been kind of promoting the show for example um, some networks just like I'll get tons of new people coming and others aren't worth my time at all and so I'm assuming you found that as well, that like certain social s- platforms work better than others and some are just not, not worth your time at all. Have you, have you found that? Uh, to, to some degree we, we definitely have, but, um, to some degree it's, I think the, the actual content hasn't fit the, the channel necessarily. Ah, fair. Um, so that's, that's something that we're looking at is trying to figure out like, Hey, our, 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 you know, is that customer segment, is it on that channel? And if they are, what would, what would reach them? Like what was, so, um, we've, we've had a little bit of, you know, we've, we, like you mentioned, it's, it's trial and error, which I, with us, it's just test, test, test. Like you, you can't, you, you make these guesses like, Hey, I think this is going to work, but you need that data back to know if it's going to work. And, um, it's, uh, so it's, it's, that's always ongoing. And, and I think again, like, I think we have a much better strategy than we did six months ago and I think it will take us further, but, it's not like some perfect strategy. Well, you know, three months down the road, I'm sure we're going to be looking back and going, okay, this stuff is working. This stuff isn't, this is, and, and we'll just know much more about it. And, and that's going to be, uh, I think a big help. The other thing we did with like, we, we rebuilt our website and that was a few months ago now. Um, but, uh, it was a substantial difference for us. Um, I think it improved our SEO quite a bit, but it also improved the messaging um, for the customers and for the people that were coming to look at us. So they, they just uh, better understand what dryer is about, how it will help them. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been running that for a few months now and we're just kind of at that point where it's time to take another look at it and, and say, okay, how do we, how do we make that message more clear? What, what kind of questions are people asking? Are we answering it on that? And, um, so there's a, there's a, it, there's no sort of one simple answer. It's, it's just, so many different little factors and they just add up and add up and add up and add up until you have, you know, hopefully, hopefully a real success and make some nice leap forward. Sure. No, but I think that's really good advice in itself, right? Because I think a lot of people that haven't done this or not doing it yet, they, they, it sounds so like glamorous and easy, right? For a lack of a better term, but 
in reality, it's like a lot of hard work. It's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of like rework. It's a lot of sometimes you have to totally pivot. Sometimes you partially pivot. Sometimes you go after a different vertical. Sometimes you're like, wow, we have new clients in this vertical that I never even thought of would use our product. And like maybe that's your target market now. Like kind of how you probably the the day that you probably came up with the idea for dry run to today is probably quite different or at least how the product is today correct oh it's it's um uh, it's almost laughable if i think back to when i first came up with the idea of dry run what my my thoughts were what my expectations were what um you know it, yeah it just it all seems so simple when you're starting everything seems simple right and and sure. um it's, it's when you really dive into it, nothing is easy. Nothing comes easy. It's hard. It's expensive. Everything takes longer than you ever thought. And um, there, there's a lot of surprises. And, and there's a lot of, you know, almost like I mentioned with some of the social, uh, some of the content marketing stuff before, I find that a lot of times there's there's big wins and there's losses. Like sure. it's, it's not a nice, smooth gradual climb upwards it's you know it's like when we when we launched our new website our conversion rate doubled overnight oh wow that's that's substantial that's that's uh um which tells me kind of in a way like how bad our site was before (laughs) (laughs) but there's been a number of things like that where it's like you you fight and you battle and and same with that content stuff it's like well man these 10 articles aren't doing anything also one does sure one will just also like wow we're getting a lot of searches or, or something we put on social we're getting like man super high relevancy scores our price is great bringing people in but then you're still trying to battle to figure out is it converting because you can get a lot of false positives you can have a lot of traffic we have this one article that just brings in a ton of traffic for us every month which is you know and it's kind of in the realm so i think it's probably a good thing but i actually don't think it's a very high converting article um okay. so it's you know you can be misleading because you're just like oh man that was thousands a month like this is awesome and no yeah, it's probably most of them are the wrong people i think and so it's it's to some degree and, and you know that's one of the things that looking back of when when i started dry run i was picturing like you know who would use dry run who's and that's changed a lot that's sure. changed a lot. the uh, you know um i actually believed when i when i first started dry run that you know i was coming from a small business i was the small business owner mm-hmm. i in my mind i had this very definite wall between us and our accountant that are that our accountant uh, did our taxes and i was sitting in my chair trying to figure out where are we going are we getting to get paid on time do i have enough money coming in to pay you know all of our staff on friday like sure. those sorts of questions right um and uh, what i found was like like yeah accountants are they want to help with that they understand that they really care about it they're they're there to help but I, so when I first started dry run, I was like, I, it was all for business owners. I didn't realize that accountants really wanted to use dry run. And, and you know, there's, there's, there's challenges now talking to accountants, again, talking to the, your customers. Um, there's so many challenges that accountants face. I just didn't know about because yeah, I never, never bothered to ask. So, you know, their whole world is getting turned upside down because so many businesses are moving to the cloud and, and bookkeeping is completely different now because, you know, it's it's not necessarily the box of receipts anymore. A lot of it, it's on a credit card. It goes right automatically into a piece of software. And so the the financial pros are, their, their world is changing. Now they're competing with people on the other side of the country that know the same tax laws that they do and can help, you know, when people are in the cloud, man, you can serve them from anywhere. So they're trying to figure out, well, how do we how do we better serve our customers? How do we add additional services that might replace some of these ones that are happening on automatically now? Um, how do I stay in touch with my customers? And so now they're getting tasked more and more. It's, it's interesting because now that there's all these cloud tools and, and they're plugging in all these systems together, business owners are now getting more data than they had before. And we're seeing more and more that the bookkeepers and accountants are being tasked with, can you help us figure out our cash flow? Can you help us figure out our sales pipeline? And they're looking at something like dry run saying, well, yeah, then I'm not mailing them a spreadsheet and we don't have all the issues with version control and all of this. We can actually collaborate. It's easy to use, but they can also, it gives them a way to stay in touch with their customers every month, which we found us a huge issue for a lot of uh, public accountants. That sure. how, do, how do I stay in touch with the customer instead of just talking with them at tax time and, and offer value, not just stay in touch, but offer value. And, and so now they can, they can kind of pop in and say, Hey, 
I, I just took a look. It looks like you, uh, you know, might have a bit of a, a an issue, you know, a month and a half down the road here. Are you, do you have some invoices that you're sending out that are net 30 that you can get out right away because we need the money coming in, you know, a, a offer some sort of advice as well. Um, so that was one thing. The other thing is, is, um, you know, I've kind of found out as well that our, our, our clients are actually bigger than I thought they would be as far as just the size of the business. Okay, um, interesting. They're from a what much wider range of sectors and they're much larger than I thought. And, and it just, um, so that actually really informs our roadmap as well, because now we're looking at, um, uh, bringing out a, a third sort of, um, pricing or, or plan and dry run, but it's going to have um, some more advanced uh, features that, you know, a lot of our customers don't need. We don't want to make things more complicated for them, but we get a lot of requests for some of this more in-depth analysis and, and, and functionality from some of the larger companies. And so it, 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 it's going to allow us to have that third pricing level and add that in and have a lot more capability to dry run and serve those customers. So it's, that's been a little bit of a, a surprise to us as well. Like it's just from from what I thought dry run was to what I see it today, uh, is just it, it's just so much more different. It's 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 um, but the opportunity is also a lot larger than I than I ever thought as well, which is kind of a you know daunting but also a really cool thing. No, that that's great, man. So I'm curious to know, are you guys doing? Anything in the outbound kind of sales department? I know we kind of touched on like sales and marketing a little bit a few minutes ago, but I'm kind of curious to know, are you guys actually like actively reaching out to anybody or any like kind of types of things? Or are you just kind of doing more, you know, marketing and see who comes to you? Yeah, we've just started doing some outbound um, just because we, we found that our they're inbound. Um it's, it's, it's a slog. Like it's, 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 it's okay. It's working. Okay. Our conversion rates are actually really solid. It's just, how do we get enough people knowing about us and, sure. um, our content marketing, I think we've got a better plan, but man, it's months in the making and we still don't know if it's going to work, right. you know, to, to the level that we need. So we had to, we had to, um, augment it with some outbound. So again, that was our initial outbound was, was, um, just some, uh, testing. We had to find out like, is this a channel that works? Does it make sense? So we, we did our own research. We made up our own list. We didn't buy lists from anybody. We, we, we targeted who we thought, okay, um, who could be a really good fit for us. And then we, we tried, uh, just sending out some emails and, and, you know, there's, there's all these different spam laws and things out there too. So, you know, we were very conscious of that and knowing, okay, well, who, who can we email? What kind of message can we send? What, you know, what keeps everything on site and legit? And so, you know, kind of an interesting thing is we actually can't technically email Canadians. So we don't, right. which is really bizarre being Canadian based and talking with Canadians and, and, you know, um, uh, you know, like honestly I had a great message to someone on, on LinkedIn the other day. I just, somebody connected with me. I sent him a quick note of what we do and, and he's really interested in it. And I'm looking at it going, yeah, I, I would not outside of LinkedIn been allowed to actually email that person even though they really want to know about us. Um, so anyways, we, we did some of that research. We came up with, we, we built our own list just by doing our own research, was, which was a real slog. But we wanted to make sure we're actually hitting who we thought were prime prospects to find out, is, is this a channel that will work for us? And, and um, so that's what we did. We made up a list. We sent out some, some emails. I, I sent them, like I said, they're all compliant to what we are allowed to do. And, and, sure. But it was just a one-to-one -one email. Um, and, uh, we actually had really quite a good response. Like we, we had almost, I honestly, uh, I, I had almost no negative feedback. Um, maybe a couple of people said, I had rather, you know, take me off the list kind of thing, but they were even polite about it. Um, but we had really quite a substantial, I think it was around 18% actually responded to us asking for more information. Wow. That's great, man. Which was quite fascinating to us. And, and, um, but then, of course, you know, some of them still are, you know, you still have to move them along the chain to where they, you know, maybe sign up for, for a demo and then maybe sign up for a free trial and then become a customer. You still have a long way to go. But once we had that, that evidence back that, hey, this is kind of working, um, we, we started to refine our, our outbound um, our outbound system. And, and so we've just started really recently um, using a new system uh, called GrowBots, which looks really interesting um, for anyone who's looking for like an outbound sort of sales help this is one that you may want to look at we we evaluated quite a number of different systems and this one 
um, was there are two things that attracted us to us. First of all, it's expensive, by the way, but it okay. was uh, what what it did was it gave us uh, an automated emailing system, and we do have one. We're using Autopilot for our, instead of Mailchimp. We were with Mailchimp. We moved to Autopilot okay. um, for kind of our marketing outreach, our newsletter, things like that. Growbots kind of has that sort of automated messaging built in, so you can set up cadences. So you you have. Um, uh, you know, here's our first touch, a few days later, second touch, a few days later, third touch, they can unsubscribe, all that kind of stuff. But the real value to us is that they they offer um, very well-researched prospects. Oh, and so, again, it's not, it's not just buying a list because I, I'm, you know, buying a list is probably not the best, you know, from my experience, the best way to get top-notch prospects. And um, they, uh, they have a really nice system that they have a, a very comprehensive list of um, – uh, detailed sort of customers and then we can go through and, and do our own research. And so again, it's not, it's faster. It's not, you know, ultra fast, but we go through, we do research to make sure that does this look like a, someone that is going to need us? Like that's really what it comes down to is it's not just like, Hey, send this out to everybody. It's like, does, does this look like somebody that really would value us and would really need us? Um, and then we, then we, then we send out these, these um, uh, emails to them and it starts with this automated email and, Early, like our early response has been, um, I think solid. I think again, it's it's we have a, a long ways to go, and and um, you know, according to Growbots, we have a long ways to go. We like they, you know, they say it'll take a couple months to really get your feet under you and figure out what's working and and which segments are working and, and which searches are working. And and um, but that's that's uh, uh, something that we're we're really actively pursuing right now. So you know, if we talk in a few months, I can probably tell you if it. If it, if it is working for us and how how well it's working for us, but I do know it has led to um, uh, definitely to some demos, some free trials, and and um, uh, you know even in this first month, so it's it looks promising. Sure, no, I, I love that. I, I think that's that's great, and and part of the reason I really like having you on the show is you, you're willing to openly talk about kind of the good and bad about running a startup, right? From kind of actually building it to kind of business development and sales and marketing and kind of the stuff you're trying and playing with, right? And I love how you're kind of like, well, we really don't know yet if it's working. It seems to, but like, give me a few months to tell you, right? Because I think so many people won't even tell you that like off the record, but there's very, there's even there's even less people that will tell you kind of on the record and share it to the world saying like, you know, this is our, this is what working and not working for us. Right. And I, I think it's really good advice and it's really useful. And it's, it also kind of helps people that are maybe going through kind of maybe a, a slower or kind of unfortunate time with their startup, right? That they, they realize other people are going through the same struggles and, you know, they've either been there and gotten through it or you know maybe we'll go through it again because we all know being in a startup is like a roller coaster ride and you know some days you're having like the greatest morning and and then the afternoon you're like oh my god everything's on fire right like that's why i love like the show silicon valley so much where like they're demoing and like the servers are on fire that's like literally like the funniest thing if you right so i i, I love yeah. like having people like yourself that are openly willing to talk about this stuff right but uh yeah. No, go no, ahead. I, Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it is like, it, it just, it's so difficult it, and it's, you know, for every, it's so misleading when you see these, these, uh, uh, startups that, you know, seem to, you know, cash out and got this happened and that happened, this massive growth. Well, there's, that's like the lottery winners. There's, there's, most of them have to build a business. Most of them have to know their customers and, and do it the hard way and slog it out. And it, it is really tough and really hard. And, and so I'm like, you know, always happy to share because I, I want, you know, if, if some people can avoid some of the mistakes I made, you know, great, you know, that would be outstanding. And I'm hoping that other people will do the same for me because there, you know, like there, there's a few things that I've, I, I know kind of in, in my past that, that I, um, that I've either read or talking with someone or heard and it just all some light goes on. Right. And, it, and it's, it's, a, it can sometimes be a conversation can actually be a fundamental shift for your business just overnight because, it just, you know, all this information comes in and suddenly it's that little tipping point where the light goes on and go, oh man, we got to head this way. And, and so I, you know, I love sharing this stuff. I, I, the, the one thing I, I would always caution though is, um, some of the stuff that's worked for us, it just isn't going to work for sure. a lot of other businesses and vice versa. So, 
you, you also have to, you know, you don't want to go chasing and say, oh, this worked for them. Let's do that. Right. Because it, it's a lot of times it just, it doesn't. And, and the way to get around that and really trust yourself and understand how to do that is again, it goes all the way back to the more you know about your customer, the more you know about your customer segment, the more you're talking with them, the more you can start to cut through the fog a little bit and figure out, um, you know, what's going to work in, in, in my business in this little tiny, you know, segment or sliver that, that we're tackling, um, could be very, very different from, uh, man, you can be very different even from your competitor. You know, sure. a competitor may just have, they're, they're going to probably have their differences. Of course, they're going to be a different product. Um, maybe a slightly different market could be quite different the way that they, they reach people. So it's, um, hopefully what, you know, what I'm, what I'm sort of, sort of, uh, sharing is, is more of like, you know, Hey, if, if you want to try some of the things we've done, give it a go, you know, cause I'm more than happy to share, but, but more so I would rather say, don't just sort of blindly chase, um, these things, N- try and know as much about your business and your customer and your segment as you possibly can and make as informed decisions as you can and then test, test, test. And, and, you know, just pick one or two things at a time. You know, you can't do 50 different things. It's like for us right now, it's we've got this inbound plan. This is what we're doing. we got an outbound plan. This is what we're doing. And in both cases, we're trying to focus, refine them, and figure out how to make them really effective to, to figure out, like, hopefully one of these will really take off for both. Um, so we have, uh, uh, we're getting, we can get traction and we, we can get that um, that segment really working and really well-defined. No, yeah, no, I, I think that's all really good advice. But Blaine, sadly, we're coming to the end of the show. So maybe let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself and Dry Run online. Yeah, absolutely. You can just uh, go to dryrun.com. Um, you can a- ask us questions there. There's a free 30-day trial. And you can sign up for a demo as well if, uh, if you'd like to basically have a walkthrough. So uh, we'd love to talk with you. Um, and uh, if, you're, if you're facing those challenges of uh, you know cash flow, sales pipeline, uh, budget forecasts, and, and how to take your company forward and how to, you know, especially if you're a high-growth company, um, take a look at Dry Run. I think it can be a real, real help to you. Well, Blaine, again, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you, and I'm sure we'll do another one of these at some point. Absolutely. I'd love to anytime, Kevin. It was was great chatting with you again, and uh, looking forward to next time. All right, man. Well, you have a good rest of your day. We'll talk soon. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep them in the future.